hidden God good. Amen. Ah, just such a wonderful presence. Amen. What a what an atmosphere. Amen. We're just so thankful for his mercies. Amen. I just want to say as we prepare to turn to the word tonight, and I just want to say we have so enjoyed our time of being here with you. And uh, Brother John, I, Brother John gave a lot of commendations throughout the services. But I'd like to say, what, what a man of God. You see the burden, and I'm not just saying this because I'm standing here, but you can see the burden in his heart. I think what was clear even when Brother John took me by the billboard that you had put up, the church is not what's advertised. It's Jesus Christ. Because in reality, a church cannot help us. But it's Christ. It's him that makes the difference. It's him. And him working, and that, that's, as the prophet told us, it's the spirit of God in the people that makes the church. So we see that. What a, what a, what a, a precious reality. So we so appreciate the burden. You know, a lot of times we hear that word burden. Sometimes we think, you know, we think of burden, we think of a real negative way. But you know, when God drops a burden, it's something in your heart that you can't get away from. And so even in the times when you don't feel like doing it, yet there is a strength, there's a love that moves in your heart to go beyond. And I believe that's in your heart. That same burden. You know, when God brought the tabernacle together in the wilderness, God never had to say, uh, who has onyx stones? Oh, okay, well, you bring those. Uh, who can spin goat's hair? Oh, okay, can you do that? No, no. God simply unfolded the vision. And each one that had a part in that vision, their hearts begin to be stirred by the vision. And they begin to surrender, begin to yield. See, everything that was needed to bring the vision to pass was already in earth. It only had to be surrendered to the heavenly pattern. I believe that's what God is doing. I believe that's what he's done. I believe that's what he's doing. Um, we'd so appreciate Brother John and Sister Sharon, and I, I want to say, what, what, Brother Steve and my, all of you, I mean, you've just been such wonderful hosts. I know they're going to weigh my bags when I go to put them on the plane. I just hope they don't look at me and say, we're going to weigh you next. Because <laughs> if they say that, we're in trouble. Well, we love you. Amen. So thankful, amen, to where Brother Madiba, our paths have crossed. And my, I don't know what, I, I, I feel like the words I told Brother Madiba this morning, I said, I, I don't know, tremendous doesn't seem like it captures it. My soul was fed, strengthened, encouraged, amen, in the things of the Lord. My heart just would cry out and you sing that song, I am not alone. I'm not alone. 
We're not alone. He's right here with us. Amen. Amen. We love you. Could we just go to him in a word of prayer and then we'll read the scriptures. Amen. And let's just pray for one another tonight. Amen. I ask you to also to pray for me. Let's just pray that God just have his way here. He knows our needs tonight. Heavenly Father, as we join, Lord, our hearts together tonight, Lord. Oh, God, how we just thank you for these services that you have so divinely arranged, oh, God. And, Father, for everything that you have done, Lord, in our midst, Lord. Even these things, Lord, that we will come to see, Lord, in coming days, Lord. The results, the effect, Lord, from the word of God moving in our lives, Lord. Now we would ask, Lord, once again, that, Lord, that you would pass by our way, O God. May great Jehovah Eagle, Lord, just sweep down among us, O God, and minister, Lord, to every life and every heart, Lord. Help us together, Lord, as congregation, Lord, and speaker, Lord, may we just get out of the way that when it's all said and done, all we see is Jesus. Oh, God, may you come, Lord, and minister to every need that's here, Lord, tonight, Lord. Fill every heart, Lord. Refill with your presence. Heal, Lord, the sick, Lord. Deliver the captive, Lord. Recover, Lord, those that are lost, Lord, I pray, God. May you just have complete preeminence, Lord, here tonight, Lord. Have your way, Lord, we pray, that in all things you would be glorified, Lord. We ask it, Lord. Bless, Lord, your people, I pray, God. Bless this congregation. Bless, Lord, Brother John, Sister Sharon, Lord, all the laborers, Lord. Each and every one, Lord, that makes it, Lord, possible, Lord. Oh, God, may the light just continue to permeate, Lord, this darkness, Lord, in this community, Lord, to every shape is found, Lord. Grant it, Lord, we pray, Father. Grant it, Lord. Hallelujah. For Lord, your anointing has not come in vain. It's for a purpose, Lord. Have your way, Lord, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 God bless you. If you would turn with me to Psalms 103. And then I want to just, uh, the musicians and my, the songs that were sung, I, uh, I don't know who I need to see to capture that verse that was sung, that last verse on, he said that I could go free. <laughs> oh my. Oh my. God is so good. I want to say it's just been so wonderful to have my wife and Paul here with me and my, you are, like I said, you are just, just a lovely group of people. Amen. And uh, we just so thank you for all your kindness, amen, that you've shown to us. And I tell you, easy group to preach to. Yeah, because the, the preacher doesn't come and he, no, no, it's, it, it's you pulling on the gift of God. Yeah. Psalms 103 and verse 1. A psalm of David, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. 
bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Who healeth all thy diseases. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things. So thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen. Could you turn one more place with me? Isaiah chapter 53, and we're going to just read two verses of scriptures from here. Before you're seated, Isaiah 53, verse 4 and verse 5. And if you could, would you, would you mind reading along with me? Amen. Amen. Everybody there? Okay. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. When we say that our, pause a minute. When we say our, I want you just to our. Let's start over again at verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Amen. May God bless you. Bless the reading of the word as you're being seated. I have one more scripture that I'd like to go to out of 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 30. Uh, maybe they could just put that up there. And I want to say, yeah, I so appreciate the brothers. They're, they're right on it. They'll really be honored if they can get the scripture before we even say it. <laughs> 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 30. And the Bible says, And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. I want you to notice here after everything has taken place, then it was in the evening time and the sacrifice. And what Elijah's doing, he's doing it because the word has been revealed to him on what to do. And the word I want to draw our attention to here tonight is in verse 30. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And that word repaired is Rapha. He's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that healeth thee, the one who makes healthful, the one who he heals waters. Amen. He heals hurts. He heals distresses. He heals defects. So in order for healing to come, the altar of the Lord, God showed the pattern and the place of where healing would come. And we know that altar of the Lord, that's Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. This is God's provided place of healing. Yes. And that's what I want to just take a few moments here tonight and to speak on that of God's provided place of healing. It's been mentioned throughout the services uh, of, where, of what this house, of what this place is to be, is to be a place 
where uh, the captives are set free. Deliverance comes. Healing comes. Amen. Salvation, the Holy Spirit, birth comes. It's, it, this is a place that I think of how there was an individual that uh, there back where I lived that had called me a, a few weeks back now. And they didn't want to give me their name, but they had spoke that they had been to the church. They said, you, uh, you know, you don't, uh, maybe I don't want, they didn't want to give me their name. But they said, I've been to the church a handful of times. They said, but I'm calling you tonight late on a Saturday night. They said, I'm calling you because I cannot get away. Every time I have been there, the word has so gripped and spoke to my heart. And they said, but I, I don't know. They were in such a place saying, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm worthy to even come there. See, they're recognizing the situation that they're in. I said, let me just say this to you. I said, the church itself is not a gathering of perfect people. I said, but if you can see it the correct way, this church is a hospital. There are floors dedicated for birthing. There are floors in here where there is surgeries being performed. There's lives that's being tended to, but God is working on lives. So it's not a gathering of perfect people. These are people that are receiving healing. And I want to say this to you right now. This is a place where healing takes place. Amen. This is not a place where things are patched over and forgotten about. But it's a place where we're coming right to the very source in order to bring healing. It's a place that we don't have to put anything on. That's what the love does when we express that love to one another. The atmosphere that creates here, it actually will break down all the facades. It will break down all the things that are there to where we can actually come into a place of openness. That, that simplicity of just expressing that love, that reaching out, that shaking hands with one another. It's the love of God that breaks down every stronghold. So I want to just look at this for a moment. And we know when we're dealing with healing, that's what I really want to just aim in on here tonight on healing. That when we're thinking of healing, I want to just look at the scripture to where in Luke chapter 5 verse 17 it said, It came to pass as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Verse 18 said, And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. So the man could not bring himself to the meeting, but he had some friends that knew, and they themselves working together in a unity, in a harmony, that this man could come into the presence of God. The Bible said in verse 19 that when they could not find their way, uh, that they might bring him in because of the multitude, then they just relinquished to go home and stream it. No, that must have been the American Standard Version. <laughs> that must have been our version. <laughs> the, the Browning Standard Version, you know, or the Clark Standard Version. No, no. It, when You see, not everything, when things don't come easy, that's the time we have to press. 
There are a lot of obstacles sometimes that come our way. And depending on how we're made up, we can look at those obstacles and say, well, maybe that's not the will of the Lord. Satan is never going to be there opening the door for you saying, go ahead and come on. But there will always be obstacles. But what is it that gives you strength through the opposition is, is I want to get to Jesus. That's what gives you strength in coming to the house of God. If it's only just about coming to a church or just being around the church or, you know, Brother John's the best thing since whipped cream, that'll grow old. It's got to be something deeper than you're seeing than Brother John. It's got to be something deeper, as we've heard, than what, than just Brother Branham. You've got to see Christ, the mighty angel, see yourself and realize that coming to the house of God is of the utmost importance. We're coming here to receive from almighty God. The word that we receive from God will influence the decisions we have this coming week. God knows what's coming around. Listen, as ministers to understand, we don't just ask you to come to the house of God so we have somebody to preach to. But the reality is the burden on our heart where God has dropped that burden of a word to be delivered. It's a word in due season. And God knows the needs. And it's being in this atmosphere right here where the atmosphere is being created, where there's licks of fire that's joining together and the Holy Spirit begins to inhabit the praises of his people walls are breaking down healing begins to take place that's why it's important to be in the house of God and you press beyond oppositions is that alright so here they find where Jesus is standing now the Bible doesn't say whether they ask the homeowner or whether the homeowner went and asked the association if this could be done. But they just saw this is a need. And you know, when you've got a real need, it'll drive you in desperation. They were desperate. They didn't think about what taking this man's roof off. They didn't think about that. All they thought is, here's a need. We need to get our brother in the presence of Almighty God. And Jesus said, here's what the scripture said in verse 20. When he saw their faith, he said unto him, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the critics, the scribes and Pharisees began to reason saying, who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? I'd just like to say, duh. When Jesus perceived their thoughts, answering said unto them, why reason you in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, rise up and walk. But that you may know, the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, arise and take up thy couch and go into the house. And immediately he rose up before them and took up that whereon he lay and departed to his own house, glorifying God. He had to be carried into the meeting. But the confidence, the faith that was there, if I can just get in the presence of Almighty God, I won't need to be carried out of this meeting. I won't need to walk on crutches of promises. I promise this, I promise this. If I can just get into his presence, my life will be changed. My situation will be changed. 
That's why the prophet, when he took us there and the angel was showing up, passing through that little room. On the outside, one came in on a stretcher. On the other side, when they came out, they came out pushing it. One walked in on the crutches. Then when they came out, they came out holding the crutches. When they passed through the, the presence of God, when they passed through the word of God, what they themselves were bound with, they came out more than a conqueror. It's passing through his presence. And you come out victorious. Brother Samuel, is it that simple? It's that simple. Only believe. All things are possible. What was done, the man's sins forgiven, it was in an invisible realm. Nobody could see that. But here the Lord Jesus was showing what was the most important healing is that healing of that soul. Is, is that where the sins have been dismissed? But what they couldn't see happen in an invisible realm. He said, we will let that be vindicated in the visible realm. What you can't see will now be made manifest. Take up thy bed and walk. He was healed. It was a dual healing. Not only was he healed of his sickness, but he was healed of his sin condition. So the first thing first when we look at it, the one main objective, that's what's, uh, there's been many needs and there are many needs that are here. But the one main objective within these meetings has been for souls. Oh friends, I, I think we heard as the word was even spoke right here, has been throughout the services. And then our brother John stood right up here. It's very true. We just don't want this in the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit, the atmosphere here. That's a birthing atmosphere. It's an atmosphere that's awakening the equipment, the seed on the inside. It's a time to surrender. It's not a time just to say, my, this is good and walk out. It's a time to soak it in. It's a time when there's needs in your life to soak it in. We live in an age of fast pace, fast pace, fast pace. Lord help us if we open up the phone and we get a color wheel that's spinning. We're ready to trade in the phone. Something's wrong. Right? They even talk about the attention span. Listen friends, it's not something that we and ourselves, we say uh, to escape. Everything around us is set up for that. But I believe God gives you and I grace within this hour. Here we are living in this hour. God did not leave us here without overcoming power. God did not put us here that we would walk around and be defeated. But God has placed you and I here that there is a message, there is a liberty, there is a victory to encourage you and I to live in our lives that we might walk as overcomers. Our main objective is to win souls. There's a brother there in the church back home. I hear a situation where his father was dying, had a, had a terrible stroke. Now, he wasn't coming to church. I didn't even know him. But there were two sisters in a midweek service that came forward. Now, I didn't remember all of this. He had to tell me. They came forward. And they told me about a need. Asked for a prayer cloth. We prayed over that prayer cloth. They left that service and went to the clinic. Cleveland Clinic, where he was at. 
And that, that young man was married to one of the nieces of, 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 these, of these sisters. But his stepmother would not permit him to see his father. Had wrote to the hospital, you know, everything you do at the hospital, this he's not allowed in this room, just out of spite. Nothing to do. This young man was a quality young man even before he come to the Lord. You understand what I mean? But here, here he comes into the room, and here they, 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 the nurse sneaks them into the room and said, I could lose my job for this, but I just can't see how that a son could be kept from his father. So in close to the late hours of night, they come in, and these two sisters stand right there by the bed, and they begin to pray, and they put the prayer cloth and said, we're going we're gonna to pray right here. This has already been prayed over, and we're going to believe God. The next day, the situation changed. What they said was hopeless. His, his legs marbling and everything else. And yet God raised him up and that young man said, I want to find where this church is at. I want to know where this church is at. Where God is a living God. You see, it wasn't brothers that went into that hospital room. It was two sisters that had a burden. We're a kingdom of priests. You've got a right, sister, to lay your hands on your children. You've got a right to lay your hands and pray over the needs and situation. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. God moved on that situation. And here he and his wife came on a midweek service. And after the service was over, met me in the back office. I didn't know what had happened. But they began to talk and talk to me about it. And you know the things that I even told them at that time? I told them at this point, I said, look, there's things that no doubt you're still struggling with. This is what I'm going to tell you to do. Everything that God deals with your heart on, surrender. Yes, God. You know, sometimes there's things that God has you to say and do. It seems odd to yourself. And men, why didn't I sit down with Acts 2.38 and start going through? I, I, I spoke that. I mentioned that. But I realized as they're saying, there's certain things in my life. I said, listen, you just need to surrender to God. Keep surrendering the things that you know in your life that's not right. So ask God, Lord, deliver me from that, Lord. Deliver me from that, Lord. Keep surrendering. God is mindful, church. God would take something like that. And sure, the raising up of his father and restoring his father, his life, but it pointed to something that was a greater need in his life. In their lives was their souls. We love to see the sick healed. I love to see the sick healed. And thank God for that. When we hear, as we hear the different testimonies that come right through our way, the brother standing in the church here uh, just uh, a few months back. I, my time may be off a little bit. But, you know, he was standing and he came up for prayer. And his hands were covered with blisters. Just from that, from that day or days, he stood there. He said, Brother Samuel, he said, my hands, they're painful. He said, Let, let's, he said can we agree together and pray? I said, sure, brother, let's pray. And we just prayed just a simple prayer. And the Lord Jesus came on the scene, and before the brother left the church building, no more blisters. Who did that? Almighty God did that. Now let me tell you something. If God could take away blisters like that, 
Can he take away your sin? Can he take away your habits? Can he take away your depression? Can he take away your oppression? I say yes he can. He's the same almighty God. He's no respecter of persons. Amen. It wasn't because of Brother Samuel or Brother Son. It was God honoring faith. There's nothing like a lost soul coming to the Lord. Weeping their way to the altar. Ain't that right, Brother Billy? Ain't nothing like that. Hey man, God move and reach down. Hey, we all, I can remember that. God reaching down to our lives. Oh my. So because you know why? If in this body, and we experience that, you can be healed in the body and you can get sick again. But once the soul has been healed, the soul can never be sick again. Once that soul has been delivered, that healing has come. It, it, it don't need, there's no visitation again. It's already been healed. Conditions have been healed. You understand what I'm saying? It is not something where we've got to go through a number of steps. Uh, you know, I, I think, I, I, I'm thankful for helps, but realizing that this word, the gospel came not to bring a reformation in our life, but the gospel came to deal with the root of the problem. It came to deal with the situations in our life. As I think I said last night or the other night, there were many things that I made many promises. Oh, I'm going to stop doing this now. I'm going to stop doing this now. But you know what? I find myself right back out in it. I say that shamefully, but I'm saying because it, no matter of all the determination that I had in my mind, it's not the determination in your mind. It's the surrender of your heart. Let me just say it to you like this. That might seem like a simple term, but yet it so uh, seems like vague. But what it is is as the word is coming and God is dealing with your life, he's knocking at your door. Just begin to agree with the word and let the word have place in your life. You'll find the word begin to cut things away in your life. God can come right down in this moment, in this service, and completely change your life. This is why Jeremiah could say, heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved. Healing itself has got to come from the inside, not from the outside in. You know, sometimes we become good at reforming. Well, you, you've got to do this, and you've got to do this, and you've got to do this. What did Paul tell the Philippian jailer? Believe. And thy and thy house shall be saved. Because once the inside is correct, it will work itself to the outside. Is that right? It's the life within the tree that produces the leaves. If you want the leaves to fall off, then the life has to go down. But when new life comes in, then there'll be new leaves come out. And that's why healing itself in your life. Oh, I, I hope you're hearing me here tonight. That there are a lot of things that you might look at and we'll get to certain things tonight that you might look, I need this issue healed. I need this issue healed. But have you received the Holy Ghost? Have you looking to God? And I'm saying it in this manner that you realize you need God. You just don't need a fix. You need God. Come on, church. 
You need God. You need him in your situation. Well, I need this fixed in my life. No, you need God. And then when he comes in, he's the answer to every problem. I believe there's healing for the soul, for the spirit, and for the body. I believe that. In Luke chapter 4, verse 17, the Bible said, and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Now, it doesn't say that he asked for that scroll. It says that's what was delivered to him. God orchestrates these events in our life. These services have been orchestrated by God. When we got back to the room last night, my wife was pulling up, you know, uh, 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 the, the, the services. And here she says, did you hear? She said, look, listen what Brother Madiba's title was on Wednesday night. I said, oh, my Lord. Brother and sister, who arranges these things? The continuity of how God has been moving within these services. And I'm not just talking about the ministry. I've listened to the songs. i listened to the comments that are made before and after. Things that Brother Solomon would mention. Those who are singing the specials and you're listening because here you are, you're standing and you're looking for, Lord, am I in that right channel? And you're finding things move right down on the line. I tell you, we're in a moment right now. A moment just like he stood in and they delivered unto him the scroll of Isaiah. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Oh, that's what the scripture said. But he was not just reading it like a newspaper. It was an announcement that was taking place. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Those that are bruised, I'm just really drawn by that word. Those who are shattered, smitten through and broken in pieces. Let me tell you, he's a restorer of life. He's a restorer of life. Brother Brown would say this over and over. He would say it in the token message. He would say it in another message. It's principles of divine healing. No matter how far stooped in sin you are. No matter how long you've been in sin. If you look to Jesus Christ, he's present. To save you. No matter how long you're in your sickness, how bad you've been, no matter if the doctors, God's servants, has given up on you and done all they can, you've got a right to accept Jesus Christ as your healer and be made well. Forget not all his benefits. You know, when I worked as a teacher, I was a part of a union. Now, don't throw me out of here. It's all right. But you know, that, that, that contract would be about that thick. 
I wonder how many teachers read it. They flipped to the page with salaries. Yeah, everything's good. How's my health insurance? But there's other benefits in there. And God reminds you and I of our benefit package. You have the best benefit package in the Lord. This is a benefit package that it's not you trying to barter for. It's already been provided. God has provided all things freely. Everything, every promise in the word. And he comes to make you aware of your rights. Now what if you have a right that's ministered to you? Maybe there, you know, a grievance on the job. And then somebody comes along and makes you aware of the contract of what is able to be done. What would you say? Wow, that's good. That's, that's great. Man, whoever wrote that, what language? True. Wow. The thou, the thee, the do, the da. Oh, that's perfect. No, no, no. You would say, uh, send me a picture of that, would you? I mean, let's bring it up to date where we're at. Send it. Why? Because we see that meets our situation. And we're going to act upon it. And that's the same thing what God is doing. Service after service, not just this weekend, but in your regular services, God is making you aware of your rights. Hallelujah. You're a son and daughter of God. I love that this morning. When they want to know who was that boy that walked in there, removed that lock, removed that chain, and walked in that gate. That boy was the son of the owner. So the sign does not apply to you. The rights apply to you as a believer. You might say, Brother Sam, you don't know how many times i prayed for it. I've asked God to heal me of this sickness. You've done right in asking God. But listen, do not put a timetable on God. He said, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And faith is a master of all circumstances. I don't know how. I don't know when. That's not my business. That's God's business. My business is to believe him and stand there and confess it as a finished work. Brother Branham himself received his healing when he stepped from this dimension into that other dimension. Did he ever stop believing? Not for a moment. Even when he stood there with the squirrel. And where that, that vision coming, and then that squirrel jumping there and coming down the throat, but then the next one. And, and did he look at it? Did he think, well, you know what? I'm going to have this the rest of my life. No, we have a promise. Amen. You know, healing, I hope this is all right. We've said this. Healing itself. There's sometimes where healing will come. And the way it'll work, it very, works very much in, in collaboration with the four anointings. There's times where the healing can drop like that and the lion anointing, it drops in your heart and it's just settled. And you're going forth, roaring out, God has healed me. You may not see no evidence, but it's, it's there, it's settled. And it comes to pass. And then there's other times, it's a man anointing. God will use medical science. Brother Adam called them God's servants. Is that right? Believest thou this in Pennsylvania? He said, God performs miracles through surgeries. So it's not, well, that's less faith. No, remember, every one of those anointings, they could only respond to the anointing they were under. 
So you cannot make your healing become a lion anointing or, or an eagle. You have to follow the anointing and the spirit of God will always lead you in the will of God. And it's according to the word. Then it's time the eagle. Miracle. Breaks right there. Breaks. Just like the fever did. Breaks, right? Right? But then there's times of the ox anointing. Now, we don't like, we, we don't like to think of that. But the ox anointing is death. You step from this realm into that other realm. But it's healing. That's how perfect faith masters all circumstances. Let me say it like this. You know, I, I was speaking that in the church some uh, month ago or so. Here's a sister in the church that God had healed of stage four cancer. And here the sister, then she's coming through a prayer line. I think it was back in, uh, again, God had healed her in, uh, uh, might have been 2015, a stage four cancer. But then here she is coming through a, a prayer line we were just having on a Sunday morning service. And we're just coming through. And, and you know what? There was things that began to come up again. And we had prayer. The Lord delivered her. Then here we are standing. Now that's, this is 2023. And I noticed she wasn't there at a few services. And there's things she said, you know, she gave a testimony right before communion. She said, I was standing there, she said, and, and she said, you know, she said, I, I didn't want to say anything to anybody about the results because they had showed up that there were some masses that were there. She said, I didn't want to say anything. She said, you know, I'm just battling through in my mind and things like that. You know, she said, I'm ready to go, but, you know, she just wanted to remain. She said, but Brother Samuel began to preach. Now, I wasn't Brother Samuel, but what began to be said was what was that? How you look at things when they're coming your way. And there were things like this that I was quoting. She said, right there, she said, it dropped. And she said, then she said it was settled right there. When she went back for to have things uh, MRI, the results, she took another sister with her. And the results came back. It's shrinking. He's the same God in Washington. God's no respect to persons. It's hearing the word and recognizing our rights. Amen. I think of this, of how within the situations here that, you know, Brother Mediba read this, this quote. I, I love this. Out of restoration of the bride tree. And I, I thought, oh my, we're, on the, we, we're walking around in the same pathway. But I want to say it like this, regardless of how little we are, how low we are, how impure we are, how unholy we are, how sick we are, how afflicted we are, the law of God's spirit by his word makes it obey him, forces the issue and says, give it back. Conditions mean nothing. Well, Brother Samuel, I think sometimes there's some conditions where God's already decided that. What about Lazarus? What about Lazarus? What about Jairus' daughter? Those were situations where, just send for the death certificate, you know, let's get it. Hey, they already had buried Lazarus. What the rest had said, oh my, you remember? Even when they came to Jesus, if thou had been here, my brother would not have died. But Jesus wanted to show that I'm just not God of the living. But into that realm as well, he pulls from that realm and brings forward. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. There was a brother in the hospital. The reason I had that strikes my heart with Lazarus, there's a brother in the hospital. And you know, we walk in the hospital's flu season. 
Brother Mark, you know, it was one of the, the, the big Cleveland Clinic we got there. I mean, it's like highways in that thing. We're walking in at, at like 2 a.m. in the morning. And we're walking through there, walking through channels, and you see people back then with masks and, you know, everything over. And by the time I get to the bed, Brother Eddie, they, show, they said, here, you want, you want to see it? And what it is, he had his finger right here. It got caught in a load of steel. And that finger, they said, you want to see it? I said, okay. I was in there with my dad. Brother Mark, when they showed me, they said, now I'm warning you. It's only hanging on by a little piece of skin. They showed it to me. I didn't know what was going on, but I was going to shock. You would have caught it, Brother Steve. Some of the rest of them, man, I started looking at it. I thought, what I thought myself, I thought, oh, Lord, this flu is coming on me. <laughs> I mean, I started rocking on the bed. So the guy caught me, you know, the doctor walked me out, put me in the nurse station and gave me a cup of ice and, you know, trying to settle me down and looked at it. And then I, he's, you know, finally everything starts coming back. And he says, you know, he says, you're his pastor. I said, yes, sir. He said, you know, he says, he said, can you talk to him and let him let, tell him to let us take that finger off? I said, well, what's wrong? He said, I, he said, he, he, you know, he said, can't you just talk to him about it? He said, you know, there's sometimes he said, you know, when we're looking at that, I said, wait a minute, doctor. I said, we're praying. I said, he's wanting to keep that. He said, yeah, but I believe there's sometimes where there's things that God has already made a decision. And right about that time, that's when it rose up. I said, what about Lazarus then? I tell you, the anointing struck at that moment. I walked back in that room. I told the brother, I said, let's pray because you recognize what God just witnessed right there. To this day, that brother has that finger. It was hanging by a thread, not a tendon, a thread. And it became back and it's like baby skin. Ain't that right, honey? Hallelujah. Oh, I tell you, there might be situations where in your life the devil has said, there's no hope. There's no way. Let me tell you, God specializes in restoring. God specializes in taking situations where society has even wrote you off, but you've never been wrote off the book of life. As we heard here this morning, nothing can destroy that picture. That's what God is presenting to you. This is a house where healing is at. It's a place of even what was spoken where you had the man who was backsliding. He was going from Jerusalem to Jericho. And here are the religious of the day. You saw him on the side of the road? I knew that was going to happen to you because you started skipping church. You know what Brother Bram said about this? Come on, we got scribes and Pharisees. The word is not meant to put people down. The word, this is a rapturing message. It's a word that's meant to encourage. We need to get them in the presence of God. They might have to be carried on a pallet, but if they just get in the presence of God... But here come the Samaritan along. Samaritan saw the need. He reached down. 
He bound up his wounds. Poured in some oil. <laughs> he ministered some of the sweet, divine love of God. Brother, I know you're falling, but let me just give you a word of encouragement. That God who cares about me cares about you. The same God that encouraged me is here to encourage you. The same God that moved in my life is the same God to move in your life. Amen. The same God that's expressed his love to me is the same God that's wanting to express his love to you. They begin to pour it in, bind up the wound and begin to pour in the oil and the wine. That's what I want my life to be. I want it to be a vessel that can be an encouragement to somebody along the way. Brother Bram tells us in the church age book, he said God knows how to encourage us in the right things and discourage us in the wrong things. Is that right? Brother Bram said, oh, we could all learn a lesson on this in running our churches and our families. Is that right? Think of it in this manner. My, we, we just have to get going here. There's just so much. But God gave to the pastor, two pence, spirit and word, and to keep pouring that in. Because the spirit and the word coming, it changes situations. It changes. It brings healing in lives. If God, if we needed something else, God would have gave it to us. But God has provided all that we have need of. When Nehemiah came back to rebuild the walls, he came with sufficient resources. When God has come in this hour, this message is sufficient for the challenge. It's sufficient to meet every single situation. I love the scripture we read. He healed all thy diseases. Oh, there's a new one come up. Heal of all thy diseases. Proverbs 14.30. The Bible said a sound heart is the life of the flesh. But envy the rottenness of the bones. Brother Bram talking about, he said, Lord, here sits blood-washed saints filled with the Holy Ghost. Is that a condemnation by representation? They're waiting for the coming. Satan can't get to them that way to make them sin. He can't get them to make them doubt your word is wrong. And they go ahead and they'll follow it just to the letter. But when he tries to come along and afflict their body because he knows that their bodies still sin, but their soul is saved. Their body's got to go back to the dust and their soul goes to God. So he tries to afflict that part what he can. How many know Satan just can't come and go as he pleases? He has to get permission. Brother Ram said, I'm so glad that you included salvation for the body too. I'm glad. I'm grateful for that. Because it's the earnest of our resurrection, the healing of our bodies. In 3 John chapter 1 verse 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prosper. I think of this sometimes the healing. Brother Madiba hit on this uh, even on the second service he was ministering. On our temperaments. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. 
And we spoke about even with, uh, you know, with, with Sister Bruce. Brother Branham even had to come to an understanding of his own temperament, how he was made up. And Sister Bruce, she had to come to an understanding. It was a healing that had to come in her life. And when she sets in on that interview, the prophet begins to go down and he says, now, Sister Bruce, this is the kind of person you are. You're a nervous type person. This is the type of person you get something on your mind and you cannot rest until you do it. Now, Sister Bruce, you know, a little background on her. She was one that was used. She'd get a little something on her heart. She was one going in hospitals and praying for people. This is why Brother Branham, at the end of that interview, when he's praying over her, he said, God, she's an asset to this church. We need her. That's what I want to be known as, an asset to the body. Not my name. I want to be known as a help. That, that this, this, this person, this brother, this sister, they're a help to the body. We wouldn't even know that if there hadn't been others who knew about this of Sister Bruce. I wouldn't know that. I wouldn't know that she operated that way. But notice the healing that had to come to her because there was battles going on within herself of, of do I really have the Holy Ghost? And so now how the prophet goes into this and it begins to come to her and he says, see, you get little bitty things on your mind. He said, and then he says, you have like praying for somebody, you get a burden in the church, you got to go do it. He said, now, how God will work that way, he said, Satan will also come in a manner and put a little something in your mind. And what Sister Bruce trying to do, trying to, you know, bring that all out, you know, and reason it. Let me say you something right now. We are standing here because of the blood of Jesus Christ. What he brought Sister Bruce to at that moment, I hope this is all right. You can have every fleshly demonstration in the world and it not be a genuine experience. That's why the prophet could say that in the church age book and he said, away with experience and back to the word. He was not saying that we didn't need an experience. He is saying, let the word be your absolute. That a real experience with God makes you a prisoner of Christ. It yokes you to the word. It ignites that desire on the inside. That there's a desire. I just want to please him. And he's made a way for that desire to come forth. Though you may have mistakes, but the desire in your heart to please him, it leads you to repentance. Lord, forgive me for my shortcomings. Lord, forgive me, Lord, for my failures. The desire, this one thing have I desired. So he had to work with that. Bring her to an understanding. This is the type of person you are. Now, Brother Bram didn't say, let's pray. We're going to ask God uh, to take all this away that you'll not be a nervous type person. Brother Bram said, most of the people even that are gifted are on that borderline. God places it that way. It's for a purpose. But it's understanding you. It's understanding yourself. It's understanding how Satan would want to come. Brother Samuel, that's healing? That's healing. That's healing. Because it's, it's letting you know. It didn't say that Satan wouldn't try to come again. But it lets you know when he shows up, you're able to stand there with the abstract deed and say, you have no right in this property. 
It's taking the authority of an open book of Christ himself that's in your life. That book is him. And the prophet said, you are the words of that book. Hallelujah. He broke the seals off of your life. Where Satan wanted to come you over, he has broken away from your life. Oh, oh Jesus. He sent his word and he's healed his people. Homes God has restored. Brother Ram said, his grace, by the grace that he's given, this message of grace, he said, I've seen homes restored. I'm a witness to that. I've seen that. I've watched God come down and restore homes. Restore situations that was ready. Bags were packed. Let me just say it like this. The pastor, and I hope Brother John's okay with me saying this. The pastor is not one who's a miracle worker. Well, we're going to come and sit down in the office. If this is all right, just tell me to cut it off. And we're going to come in and maybe Brother John will work it. Listen. I hope, I hope you love me after this. But you don't need to make a tour of all the churches. You just need to find and get settled in Christ and realize he's the one that can take care of every situation in your life and to realize it's not everybody else that has problems. It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Help me, Lord God. Help me, Lord, to be an overcomer within these things. Sometimes we all, we're wanting everything done for us. I want this straightened out. 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 It's not about, it's not that way. It's lives being surrendered. It's seeing our need, our investment. When we come and sit down for counsel, have we prayed? Have we prayed and said, God, help me out of life, my heart, to be so sensitive, Lord. May you take the man of God and guide him, Lord. You know the needs in our lives, Lord. You know about us. Brother John doesn't know about us, but you know about our situation. And Lord, I pray, oh God, that you come down, speak to our lives. Because there's things sometimes that God will say and speak to our lives. It might touch us a little bit. Sometimes you can sit down and you can sit down with married people and it's, well, she stopped doing this and she stopped doing this and he stops doing this and he stops doing this and he, and it's, you just want to step back and say, is it all right? I'm talking about healing. I'm talking about a God who restores. But it's understanding our pattern, where our pattern comes from, that Christ himself is the ultimate husband. He came down to understand you and I. He came down to understand us, to understand our needs, to minister to our needs. He never had to experience a headache, but he did for you and I. He never had to experience the things that he went through, but he did it that he might understand you and I. And that love being projected is what melts our hearts. Oh, Brother Samuel, that... That might be too much. Where was the first miracle of the Lord Jesus performed? Somebody say it. At a wedding. At a wedding. They had ran out of wine. Honeymoon was over. 
Now you see her in her curlers when all you saw before was the curls. Woo! I didn't know we were going here. But when they ran out of wine, what did they say? Go take empty vessels. That's, what, that's how God solves situations is by us emptying out. Sometimes we're wanting things to be poured in and God said, first, got to empty out. And he said, just, just, just do what he tells you to do. Whatever he tells you to do. And he took the vessels to him, empty vessels, and he said, fill it with water. But we need wine. This doesn't seem like the answer to our solution. We need wine. Don't you understand? The guests, we need wine. We need something to happily ever after. And instead of going home in the pumpkin, we're in the coach. On the couch, oh Lord. But just fill it with water. What is the water a type of? The word. A type of the spirit. We are emptied out and our lives being filled up with Christ. He is the answer. He's the answer. Oh, I hope this all right. Not a bookstore. He's the answer. He's the answer. He's the answer to all our needs. He takes the water and turns it into wine. God can take situations where you've never heard from a loved one and God can move right here tonight form the heart of that loved one as he moves on your heart. I've seen him do it, friends. He's a God who heals. He's a God who restores. Oh, my. Can I have just a few more moments? Think about Rahab. Here's Rahab, a young lady, beautiful girl, Brother Bram said. But she was turned out in the streets by her parents to help with the income. She did not know the, the, the proper direction of courtship. She didn't know all of these things. She did not know. Are you hearing me? She did not know what it was to be valued in the right way. She didn't know that. But there was something beneath. That when she heard she was longing for God, there was something down there that the first opportunity she got, the prophet said, the first opportunity, she took advantage of it. She hid the spies, and you know the rest of the story. She received a true token. And that token, listen now, that token she looked out while all the rest of the walls fell down. When she walked out under that token... It had such an effect upon her life that it ministered healing not only to her soul, but to her spirit. And God had an agent by the name of Salmon. A son of God that could show her how a real son of God treats a daughter of God. Hallelujah. How can he show value? God himself comes down in flesh and shows you your value. Where the world and Satan wanted to strip value from her life. But God came down and gave her value. 
Reminds me of that violin. Nobody was bidding on it at the auction. Nobody. But the master walked up to the front. It was like a secret coming. He came to the front and he took the violin. He began to tune it. He began to tune it with the promises of this hour. And he begins to play it with the bow of predestination. What does he do? He unlocks a new song that was there in that violin. But it took the master to release what was there. That's the same way the master is releasing what has been in your life the whole time. He's bringing healing. It's God ascribing value to your life. How precious are thy thoughts to me, O God. Value. Value. I tell you, God knows how to do things. God knows how to bring healing. Not only in the soul, but in the spirit. And in the body. I just say it like this. How many remember the story of the little fish? I love that little story. Brother Bram and them were out there fishing. That little fish, they catch that fish. But they, were, they weren't intending to catch that little fish. They were hunting. They were, they were fishing with a, a bigger hook. They were after a bigger fish. But Lyle caught that fish. When he yanked that hook out, everything inside that fish came out. Everything. And it's floating on the water for half an hour. It goes back into a cove. And then here they, they come back by where that fish is at, where it's been floating. After, after Lyle, just looking, at, look, look, just looking at a situation, not trying to degrade that little fish, but looking at it, you've shot your last one. It looks like who else could not look at that and say, it's over for this little fish. But the presence of God came down in that cove. So stand on your feet and speak to that little fish. He said, little fishy, I give you back your life. Brother Bram said, on the list at home, there was a list at home that was filled with spastic children. You know the story. Some of you may not. There was lists to be prayed for. Spastic children. Lists. And God came down and healed a little fish. Why did God do that? To show you that he's interested in the things that are insignificant. The things that look so little and so small. And where you might have been through something in your life where you feel like everything has been pulled out of me. And God's a God to restore. You might have been hurt. You might have been offended. Offenses will come. We've been offended and we've offended others. We've been hurt and we've hurt others. Is that right? Amen. We're not joining hands and sitting around singing kumbaya right now, but we're just being real. And there's a need. When I see that with the little fish, I see myself. I see my own life. I see the lives of other believers where there's situations that has come along in your life that you feel like, I just can't go another step. God comes along and restores. God comes along and brings healing. There was an individual I wrote to. It wrote to me some things of counseling, 
these things along with other parts begin to come. And I want to read you just one exactly that I responded to him. I said, your parents, they divorced. But like that little fish that swallowed the hook way down until when it was pulled out, it pulled everything out. There was no way for him to ever live again unless the grace of God were to come down. The grace that was needed came and the word that was spoken, little fishy, Jesus Christ has given you back your life. I want to say to you, let the Lord Jesus give you back the privilege of being a son and daughter of God. If the Lord is tugging at your heart, pay attention to it because he's the Lord that forgiveth all that iniquities. As the prophet stated, no matter how far you're stooped in sin, repent and ask God for his mercy for the present situation. And from this moment, follow the path of the word and leave the results in the hands of God. Just fall in love with him and let him break every fetter and heal every wound. I'll tell you, God is interested in every need. Look at the woman who was there, 20th century prophet. You remember, remember they're standing right here. Brother Ram said, oh, I see a shadow following you. Well, I said, I see a shadow. He said, oh, he said, you got heart trouble. Oh, he said, that, 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 that dark shadow was somebody's told a lie on you. And it was the lie. Now, I want you to watch how the devil is. It was a preacher professing divine healing. Satan likes to take things that would seem like valid sources. But the word of God is one that validates and disqualifies. So it came in the presence, amen, of the word. You would say, well, there was a prophet, but it was the living word of God that was present. The same living word that's present right here in the body. And looked at the situation and said that lie that's been told, they said you was a witch. That's what's got the heart trouble. As a matter of fact, it's affecting things with your pastor in the church. Why, it's affecting the rest of the church. One situation. And you remember, I always remember I see that sister. When she starts, as soon as that's exposed, she begins to, you see her just breaking. Because what was it? The lie was broken. Healing came to her. The word brought healing. The word is a deserter. Satan's had a lot of accusations, like we heard this morning. A lot of accusations could be said, but the word is what holds the truth. We hold to the word. Is this all right? Georgie Carter. Brother Branham here, he's hearing this. A little, bah, bah. Brother Branham said, I heard this little lamb. He said, and it was calling out Milltown. Brother Branham said, so I started to walk. He said, it's like I was walking through brush to get to it. He heard a sheep calling. Let me tell you something. She was caught. There was three different things that was wrapped around. She had TB. Is that right? And she had TB because her uncle was taking her to piano lessons and had ravished her. That's a quote. And it had set in that TB condition. And she was in a church that did not believe in divine healing. That's like going to a hospital and you need heart surgery and they don't do it. Hallelujah. 
But here was a place, Georgie Carter heard what God had done and she took a hold of that word. She did not let the circumstances she was in, it did not keep her back. She took a hold of what God did for that little nail girl, God will do for me. How's it going to happen? I don't know. But God was directing his prophet to that little sheep that was crying out. Let me tell you, God knows exactly where you're at. Brother Bram said, as I kept looking, uh, oh, as I just was going through that, pouring over it, even in prayer this morning, I thought about it, how the prophet said, oh, he said, that little lamb, it's somewhere up here, maybe somewhere down there. It's somewhere, oh my, to me, that story was not just about Georgie Carter. That was about you and me. We are the sheep of God. We were caught in many different things, but God came down and the word found you and I. He walked through the brush. He walked through all the prickers and found you and I. Beneath everything that we were covered over. Even things in our lives that we didn't ask for. Maybe situations in your life you didn't ask for. Things of a family member or someone where advantage has been taken. I want to tell you, Jesus cares. And you don't have to carry that hurt no longer. You don't have to carry it. He bore it for you. He was despised and rejected. You don't have to carry that burden any longer. You are not anything less. You are a daughter of God. You are a son of God. That act did not define you. You are defined by the living God. By the word. That's your true identity. God delivers from fear. He delivers from fear. We understand that there's a natural response. There are certain things with human reactions we have. But the Bible would say, he had, we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. He would go on to say, for God had not given us the spirit of fear. And the Bible says there's no fear in love. But perfect love casts out all fear. Now that last scripture I just read is a scripture that Satan would love to wear you out with. To where when you feel fear, you get a doctor's report, fear can come on. Oh, if I was a real, and Satan knows how to say it. If you are a real daughter, he can quote this. Satan can quote the scriptures. He, he's more than any minister. Is that right? And notice, sometimes the fear that can come around in our life. You realize Brother Ram tells us this in the message, Go Tell. Brother Bram himself was standing there in the message, go tell, had a fever, had a condition where the brothers were coming, nothing was lifting. Sam, Dr. Samadair, medicine, nothing lifting. But here he is standing there, and, and here he says, God begins to speak to him and says, look, I've confirmed the furtherance of your ministry, but you've not accepted it. I've confirmed it, but you've not accepted it. And now Brother Bram, before he said that, listen to me now, before he said that, Sister Meaty is sitting there, and she says, she's talking with him, and Brother Branham, I'm glad these things are recorded. Brother Branham looks at Sister Meany and says, sometimes I doubt whether I'm even called or not. That's, 19, that's 1960, go tell. And here's the helpmate. Here you go, Sister Sharon. You can take this quote and put it on the refrigerator and say, there you go. Sister Meany said to him, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. 
Brother Bradham said, I felt kind of rebuked and I went and laid down on the bed. But as he laid on the bed, the Lord told him, I've confirmed the furtherance of your ministry, but you've not accepted it. Brother Bradham said, then I accept it, Lord. He said, as soon as I said I accept it, fever broke. Sinus condition broke. It's accepting the word that God is mentioning to you. Brother Bram said, what it was, I had been afraid of failing. Oh, I like these things in here. Where the devil wants to try to run rampant, we can just pin him down. So Brother Bram said, you know what? He said, I heard something that General Patton said. If I put a bullet in and it don't go up, I'll get out and put another one in. And if that one don't work, I'll take it out and I'll put another one in. If that one, you're going to keep on putting. Why? Because the word is sure. You know, anybody ever been to a fair or someplace and they got that game called whack-a-mole? You know what I'm talking about? I got the right term. I don't know. It's where that mole pops up. You got to stand there. I got the right name. You don't know. You played it before? <laughs> How many tickets you want? No, I'm just eating. <laughs> but you know, here's what perfect love does. When fear wants to try to rise up, Perfect love, just get back down. Pop up here, get back down. Pop up here, get back down. So don't let the devil run you down anymore because fear wants to come around. Every time it comes around, perfect love, cast it back out. It's been cast out of your soul. It cannot reside there. But Satan would love to come and get it in your spirit. What do I do? Let perfect love rise back up. Cast it right back out. You have no place here. You have no part in me. He's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Look how Satan will take advantage of situations. Here's a man that is standing before Brother Branham on the prayer line, and the brother has had an accident, and he's been gassed with carbon monoxide. He's been poisoned. And because of that accident, he's afraid to go back to work. Brother Bram said, because of that, a fear has set in and you build a complex. He said, but you're a poor man and you need to go back to work. He said, brother, receive your healing in the name of Jesus Christ. God is concerned about every situation. Hallelujah. Satan would love to take advantage of every situation, things that he could. Let's look at this with fear. Brother Bram talked about, remember the condition he would get every seven years, every so often? And he kept asking the Lord to take it from him. And the Lord spoke to him and said, don't fear it. Don't be afraid of it. Brother Bram said, now he could have told me just as well, it'll never come again. But instead, he said, don't be afraid of it. It was a condition. Now listen, it isn't talking about us just accepting things. But what God here was making known to the prophet, this thing, it can come. Like Paul said, I will glory in my infirmities. The glory in his infirmities didn't mean Paul was walking around and on Facebook saying, glory to God, I got the flu again. No, 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 no. 
Paul was saying, in spite of the circumstances, I am a worshiper. No matter what's taking place, I am still going to worship the Lord. Is that right? Sometimes there's seasons of life. I'm coming down. Seasons of life we go through, normal times and processes that we come through. Brother Branham, he's talking about Sister Neville, and I, I had, had this quote for some time, and you know, sometimes you know, brothers, how it is when you're studying, you put things away in files, and, and I got to looking for that quote, and I thought, my, where is that quote at? I, I, I couldn't remember the message where it was at. Where is that quote at? But I knew it was a quote where he was speaking to Sister Neville, and she was in the time of menopause. And so I want to I want to read this to you. Brother Bram is talking and he's praying with her, and he's talking about how the, the enemy would like to leave Brother Neville with that group of children. But we are placing faith by faith, the blood of Jesus Christ between the enemy and our sister. May your spirit, Lord, be great upon her, knowing that all women are ordained to walk down through this valley of darkness of this age. But we pray that you'll be with her. Now notice he didn't say, Lord, we're asking that she'll be able to move right over this darkness. He said, we're praying that you'll be with her. Watch this. She'll be nervous now and fretful, but may the Holy Ghost be at the door of mercy at all times for that family. What was it showing that when that nervousness or fretfulness would want to come around, the Holy Ghost is at the door of mercy to push it right back. Give us strength through that moment. Same way in your life, my life as well. There's a lot of times we would like things to where we have no more opposition, we have no more, but here's what, what's greater than the opposition is to realize that God is with us. Is that right? Can I have just one more moment? I keep on asking for that. You're probably going to say, wait a minute, your moments are running out. I thought we'd just call some things out here on healing. I want to tell you that God heals anxiety. I want to tell you that God heals anxiety. Paul, will you come up here for a minute, please? This is our oldest son. Uh, love you. This is, this is a privilege of perks he gets, you know. He's 23, he's single. I want to, I want to, the reason I called him up here, because here stands a young man, and Paul's always been a little, in being nervous, he's very, very sensitive. But there was that where it was like such a nervousness that so gripped him as just a, a young boy. And he'd just get, even on Sunday mornings, it would just, and he didn't eat nothing, but he just, his stomach just gets so nervous on Sunday mornings. He would get so nervous at events and maybe of like, like for him to go with me somewhere? No. Go into another church? No. Go into another? No. 
not into another setting. Sunday school would be up there singing, not him. He didn't even want to come out and watch a baptism. It was like a spirit of fear that had worked around. But one service, Brother Darrell Ward was there preaching at our church. My wife walked up front and she made known of the situation. Brother Darrell prayed over the prayer cloth. He said, put it under his pillow. He said, and when the testimony comes, send it back to me. I tell you what, God moved on the scene. This young man not only up here singing his specials, lead songs in church. There's been youth banquets and meetings where it's been packed and they'll ask me, hey, you think Paul leads songs? He'll get right up and lead it, Brother Mark. I'm telling you, God heals anxiety. God heals. It isn't at times that he don't get nervous, but he knows what God did for him. God's a healer. I tell you, just because sometimes that you might feel like anxiousness come back, you are not bound. You might feel a feeling come back, you're free. You stand right there and claim your God-given ground. You have no right here. Hallelujah. He's a God that delivers from anxiety. He's a God that delivers from fear. I love you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Take that devil. Ain't that right, Brother Ken? Take that devil. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He heals of complexes. He's a God who heals of complexes. Joseph had a lot of complexes. But Joseph here, there was a seed that came along by the name of Manasseh. God hath made me to forget. Hallelujah. The prophet himself, when he's standing there, he recognizes the complex. You know, before we can ever have any healing, we first got to recognize what's in our life. But Brother Branham stands there before standing in the gap. He's standing in Arizona speaking to a group of graduates. Come follow thy me. And he begins to talk about the pathway he was on. But he says it like this. I'm on a different road now. I'm on a different road now. You might look in you and there might be a bitterness or grudge. And you might say, I still have a funny feeling toward this one or toward that. But let me just tell you something right now. God is a God who delivers of grudges and bitterness and funny feelings. He's a God who brings healing. And just because when you see somebody and a little something like that does not mean that you're not free. You need to declare, I'm on a different road now. I'm not going to keep on walking this same old pathway and talking same old stories and remembering the same old things. I'm on a different road now. God has made me aware if you keep going this way, your family will be affected. Everything will be affected. What should I do? Turn around. Your main name may not be wrote on the, may not be wrote on the mountains, but your name's wrote in the word. And there is victory in Jesus. 
You love him tonight. There's freedom. There's healing. There's deliverance. Hallelujah. This is God's place. Not just this building, but it's in Christ. But I believe right here in this church, it's a place where lives are being healed. It's a, being, it's a place where even there are things that you yourself may not even be able to describe, put into words. The, the hurt and how to explain it. I don't have the word, but God knows all about it. And when I say he knows all about it, he knows how to pour in the oil and the wine. He knows how to minister to your need. So I, I just want you to, I want to leave you with this tonight. Wherever that you're setting at, whatever the hurt is, whether it's something in the physical realm or it's in the spiritual realm, don't stay there. I'm the Lord that healeth all thy disease. If you sin or habits around your life, I'm the Lord that forgiveth all thine iniquities. A God who brings healing and brings liberty to the lives. You love him tonight. Lord, I accept that healing. I receive my healing. Hallelujah. Right here while the word's been going forth. Freedom, liberty from anxiety. The holds of complexes broken. Healing in lives. Hearts have been healed. You receive that tonight. Amen. Let's stand in the presence of the Lord.